it took me a long time to get to the point where I was really conscious of it. Um, I think my biggest, uh, the biggest part of my journey with connection and all of it was my, um, my resistance to it, <laughs> which I resisted for a really, really long time. Um, you know, at the age of 14, I, um, I started, you know, with drugs and alcohol very early and, uh, started, you know, basically in retrospect, I realized I was trying so hard not to feel because I was so sensitive. I was so sensitive. Right. And, um, I didn't know how to handle that. I didn't know what to do with it. I was feeling other people's stuff all the time. I didn't know what I was feeling. I wasn't prepared for that, mm -hmm. you know? So, um, all I knew was to numb it. Yes. So from the age of 14, um, on to about the age of 36, I drank and got high almost, almost every day. Welcome back in visionaries to the dream into being podcast where mind science, transformational psychology and magic all merge into one. If you're ready to dream again and transcend the inertia of what you've known, then I invite you to join me, your host and envisioneer Kat Divine, in expanding the boundaries of your own fantasia by remembering that you are the master you've been waiting for. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Dream Into Being podcast. And today is such an incredible, incredible interview. This is a guest that, I, gosh, I mean, I'm very, very blessed. So many of the guests have changed my life. And this particular person has changed my life in a way that, one, I didn't even know I was looking for. And two was absolutely without a doubt, the missing link for me getting through just a pile of trauma and numbness and shutdown in my life. It was like a handicap, a very heavy handicap to create and move forward. Even though I was learning manifestation, abundance and those things, I was still doing it from a very suppressed and contracted state. And you know how they say when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Mm -hmm. And so Lynette enters my life and truly I got to witness what it looked like to receive our emotions in a very vulnerable, authentic and transparent way. And for the first time in my life saw that it was safe to feel and so I just have to say thank you so much. Again, I know that you didn't even know that that had happened for me, but it rerouted the way that mm -hmm. I value my internal state and my well-being. And in fact, my mm -hmm. whole life, my whole North Star now is my own well-being. And mm -hmm. so that was a seed that you planted. Mm -hmm. So I just want to say thank you. Amazing. Thank you. I love that. Yeah, yeah I was just going to say, I mean, uh, thank you for saying that. And, you know, I was able to do that because other people, I experienced other people uh, being vulnerable and being transparent and connecting to themselves. And they showed me that, that it was safe. Yeah. So 
Um, you know, because I had ex definitely experienced the suppression of, um, of connection and like, uh, just um, showing who I really was. I was always really, really afraid of that, really afraid of truly being seen. Right. And it took me seeing other people be brave enough to do that. And it took me also experiencing myself not reacting the way I would think people would react to me if I were to do that. Like, oh my God, how, you know, what a crybaby. I was never reacting, you know, I never felt that way about them when they were, at, when they would just, be vulnerable or be raw I would it made me love them more it made me it gave me permission to um show my vulnerability and um so I always thought it was so beautiful so you know I just passed on to you what had been passed on to me really you know and I'm so thankful for all those people yeah, and I'm thankful for all of them that you know shared that with you and it really it was the beginning of a heart opening for sure. Mm. And it is really tough. You guys, anybody who's listening to this that has a broken heart or has like a, a closed heart chakra, we feel you, <laughs> you, mm. you are going to listen to this episode and absolutely not feel alone. And just know that what's so magical is that it can be healed in an instant when we witness that it is safe. To, yes. to open our heart. So what I would love to do is one of the things I'm trying with the show that is a little bit different than traditional podcasts is instead of doing like a, a bio and sharing all the things about you, <laughs> all your stats, what I would love to do instead <laughs> is I would love to give you the space to like a mini brag session where you celebrate you and all of the beautiful things that you have created and transformed, achieved and received in your journey. I mean, your growth has been so massive just since we've met a couple years Thank ago. You. So I'm really, really looking forward to my audience getting to know you and being blessed mm -hmm. by everything you have to share. So I just want to hand the stage over to you <laughs> and uh, let you brag about how amazing you are. Oh, well, thank you so much. <laughs> Mila, I'm like, whoo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you know, I think I just, I'm really proud of myself for just uh, rising to the occasion, mm -hmm. I think. Um, you know, because I spent many years um, cowering away. I spent many years um, shying away from challenges. And, but I wasn't growing. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't getting better and I wasn't um, honoring my soul. I wasn't honoring myself. So I just got to a place where like, I've always been one of those people that um, if I don't understand something, if I don't know what to do in a situation, I try to figure it out. Yeah. I always know there's all, I know there's always people or resources or books or, you know, and now we have so many resources, you know, so I've just always looked for the resources of how can I push through this? I've always been very determined to push through whatever challenge it was. And I've always just been very, very, um, like willing to grow. Mm -hmm. And, and I honestly, I think that's one of the biggest things we can best things we can do as humans is just being willing to, willing to grow because there are so many of us that 
think we have it all figured out and we'll and we stay stuck. So then we 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 repel any new knowledge, any new information or anything we don't understand. And um, that keeps us where we're at. It keeps us comfortable. But um, that's really not I, I don't believe that's not why we're here. <laughs> right. Yes. And now I understand, like I always have perceived you as being just incredibly fearless. Like there's just this commitment in you to say yes when it's aligned and to show up no matter what. And we're going to get into some more of that, you know, some of your more recent revelations of what that looks like maybe differently now, but always seen you as like, wow. I mean, fearless for sure is the word that, that shows up for me when I think about you. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. And <laughs> I mean, that's just, I wouldn't consider myself that, but I, I think, I don't think any of us are fearless, but I think I just lean into the fear, you know, and um, I, and I think that's the biggest thing about, you know, I, my biggest connection to connection with all of it is I've just, I've experienced enough pain of shying away from it and resisting it to where, and I realized how that didn't work. So mm-hmm. I just pivoted to shifting into it and leaning into it because I started realizing that was where the medicine was. So, um, and becoming curious about it. So if I was afraid of something like maybe it wasn't just me doing it because I'm afraid of it, but maybe me at least figuring out why I'm afraid of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm um, digging into that. So that's what I, I mean, it took me many years <laughs> to get there. Yes. And many, many years of staying in fear. Many, many years. <laughs> You're good friends with fear then. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. But, and, and I'm, I'm grateful for it because I, you know, I think courage and fear, they're this, they're the same. They're one of the same. Everything has a shadow and, and the light to it. So, you know, it's, it's the same, it's just different aspects of it. So I think we have to experience, mm-hmm. I had to experience that fear to see how painful it was and, um, see how much it held me back in order to, um, get to the journey of experiencing courage. Yes. Yes. Oh man. I'm just so excited for the listeners today to get to go on this journey with you again. I've only seen your transformation the last couple of years, but I would love it if you would kind of take our audience back to where you started. You had shared about something that happened, a pivotal moment when your mom had shared something with you uh-huh. and just kind of guide them through the journey of maybe that shifting point, but still, still the reality and the truth of what that journey looked like up until more recently. So at the age of 14, I was, I was just escaping. I discovered drugs and alcohol and, and boys, and I was just escaping, you know, and, um, I started, I got to a point where I was just feeling it all like, and I was getting to this place of victimhood, like, why has all this happened to me? And um, I didn't like who I was. And so, and I was really, really shy and uh, really low self-esteem. And my mom, I confided in my mom about it. And she uh, brought me this meditation tape that she got from the library um, back in the day when we had tapes. And um, it was a uh, meditation where it was called Get What You Want. And it was, uh, it was just 
it took you through uh, relaxation, visualization, and then positive affirmations. And I never meditated before, and but I started seeing that it was helping me feel better. Mm-hmm. And so I started doing the, I started listening to this tape and doing this meditation every day, religiously, sometimes, sometimes three and four times a day, like, um, because I, I start, because I started feeling, um, the shift happen. I started, uh, making the correlation of what I was creating with my thoughts. Yeah. So, and I never made that connection before. So and I was realizing that as I was becoming conscious of what I was creating, I was able to consciously create it. And I was starting to see myself getting more confident, uh, people reacting differently, differently to me. I was creating a life that I wanted. I was more happy. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it kind of started there. And it's, mm-hmm. uh, I went down the rabbit hole of just starting to go deeper into, um, you know, meditation and spirituality and all of, all of the thing. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's one of the things like when, uh, you and I were trying to figure out what series and what topic we wanted to focus in on for today's podcast, both of us had this feeling like, Oh, it's, it's connection for sure. So Mm -hmm. I would love for you to share with us I guess what your definition of that is and what part it has played in your life, like the light side and the shadow side and what maybe even starting with the shadow side, what that looked like to be disconnected and then Mm -hmm. what your journey journey has been to reconnect because you guys, there's, there's a lot we can do through force. Um, when we're just connected, but it's not sustainable. It's not a life that you want to live. And so actually choosing connection as your priority and starting there, making that number one, Mm -hmm. opens up an entire universe of possibility. So yeah, just kind of share with us what your, your personal uh, identification with that word is and how it's translated into your experience. Yeah, well, um, I think it started for me, it started with myself, definitely. Um, well, I kind of think of myself and source one as one, because um, I feel like, you know, if I'm connecting to myself, then I am connected to source. And I feel like it, it just all feels connected to me. Mm-hmm. So I started getting that connection um, as I was meditating. And um, so what it what I feel like it really is is just really listening to yourself and honoring it and I didn't know how to do that for a really long time and like I was telling you earlier that um like before when I was starting on the the path of drugs and alcohol I was just going mm-hmm. and I had no thought of you know of, of repercussions or where I was going to end up from that or what it was what I was doing to myself but when I started meditating it was like this other awareness came in that was like a protection. And it was like, um, it always kept me from, and I didn't realize this back then, of course, but now I realize it in retrospect that there was like, it always kept me from going too far. So yeah, it just, I started, that connection started coming in and I feel that was, that was source. That was definitely source. And 
um, guiding me like, okay, you're, you're going to, you're going to do your fun and this is part of your path. And this is part of your, your, your medicine, you know, ultimately, but we're not going to let you get too far, you know? And, and I'm so grateful for that. But that's when I started shifting of just like not getting too crazy because who knows where I'd be if I would have, if I hadn't started meditating, I really feel like meditation really, um, created that connection for me. And I think there's lots of ways that we can connect to ourself and source, but that's what, you know, that's, that's the biggest way that worked for me, for sure. We were talking earlier about like the concept of numbing and mm-hmm. the price that we pay for that. And again, yeah. any of us who have gone through any kind of trauma and when we don't know that feeling our feelings is welcome or okay or safe, we don't really have very many options. And so mm-hmm. what has your relationship been with that experience of just being disconnected and mm-hmm. um, to yourself, including your emotions? And then like, what was that transformation? That mm. Yeah. Um, so I, the only thing I knew before was to numb. Like I, I wasn't taught emotional intelligence or how like vulnerability wasn't a thing in my household, you know? And also I was very, very sensitive. I was very, very sensitive and I didn't know how to deal with these emotions. So the only thing I knew was to just make it go away because <laughs> it was just, it was too much. I didn't know what to do with it. I was feeling other people's stuff. I didn't even know I was feeling other people's stuff. So I think it was the pain from, because that works. I mean, we do things for a while because they work, you know, to a certain extent, right? So it works on a certain level for a while of me just numbing it. However, I just like, I honestly, I numbed myself for a very long time and didn't really stop numbing till I would, I got sober at the age of 36. Wow. And Um, that's when I remember like the first month I was sober and I was, I had started going, going to AA. And I just remember like, at first I was so happy. I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm sober. And then it was like a ton of bricks hit me. Like, I feel like crap. Like, what is this? Cause I was always avoiding that. I never wanted to, I didn't want to feel any of the bad feelings. Mm-hmm. I only, and I think we do that too. Like we only want to feel the good feelings. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so all these icky feelings that didn't feel good that I'd never allowed myself to feel before were there. They hadn't gone anywhere and they just gotten bigger. Mm-hmm. So um, I had a lot to unpack. <laughs> I had a lot yeah. to unpack. So I started, you know, I started doing therapy. I started doing, you know, uh, step work in AA and built a community. And um, then I think my, my real connection came in uh, when I started doing yoga. When I started doing yoga, I started realizing I couldn't, I couldn't hold things in anymore because I was still suppressed my feelings. I was still trying to suppress my feelings. Mm-hmm. But yoga like uh, dismantles all that stuff because we hold, you know, we hold that stuff in our tissues. We hold that stuff in our muscles. Um, so I started realizing that I would get so upset. So that's when I started crying more too, when I was just like, like, it was just like starting to like kick it all up even more. So it was almost like my healing, you know, went to a different level and I was just like, 
what is this? You know, and it wasn't fun. Like it's, it was messy. It was very messy. And I cried a lot. And, uh, <laughs> but I, I, I lived through it. It was ultimately just, it's like, we get so afraid of these feelings. I was just so afraid of feelings and you've seen me, I'm a crier, you know, and like what started happening was like, I couldn't suppress that anymore. It just started like, it just got to where I had no choice but to suppress my truth because I could tell people I was fine or but to not suppress my truth because I would tell people I was fine. But then tears, my tears will tell on me. You know, So I clearly wasn't OK, yeah. <laughs> but I didn't. But I was I would lie to myself, too, because I didn't know it until I the emotions would come up. But what it did was it kept me honest. It really kept me honest. And I'm so grateful for it because I I was lying to myself all the time. But I couldn't, that kept me from lying to, lying to myself and other people. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah. And I think that is my favorite thing about you, Lynette, that you were the person for me that unlocked my, I mean, talk about suppression. So you and I have had very similar journeys of um, using anything possible to them. I mean, all the things. And when I witnessed your ability to move energy through your emotions, something in me changed because I had never, I've never witnessed that before. Really for somebody to do it with, even if you were feeling not great about it, you were honoring it and you were allowing mm-hmm. it to be there. And I was like, I didn't even know that, you know, emotions were allowed. They were not allowed in my world. Yeah. Wow. So that actually fast forward to now, mm-hmm. you were like the seed planter for me mm-hmm. to start to honor my emotions again. And that has completely changed Oh my gosh. Isn't that amazing? Like we never That's beautiful. Thank you so much. I'm so yeah. I'm so happy that helps. But (laughs) my inability to suppress my emotions. Somebody. (laughs) Yay. It makes me think of like, you know, just how us being ourselves is all that's yeah. necessary and that you were just being yourself. And I got to witness that there was safety and feeling. I think probably connection is where we all need to start. Yeah, I agree. And then, you know, vulner- I think vulnerability is part of it too. And I mean, for me, I'd like to, I'd like to say that one day I was just like, I'm going to be vulnerable and I'm going <laughs> to connect to myself. And no, it was like a resistance to it. I got there through resisting it for many, many years and experiencing so much pain mm-hmm. by suppressing that and resisting it and pushing it away that I just, as I got older, the tolerance of the pain was just so small. <laughs> oh, okay. So that was kind of the shifting point was that your tolerance. Yeah was just done yes I just couldn't and also if I would try to lie to myself or someone else about how I was doing like I would literally just like explode in tears <laughs> so <laughs> and I would get so mad sometimes like why can't I lie <laughs> you know but it's now I'm so, you know, I feel like it's so beautiful because also, you know, it's such a release system. It's like an instant release system. What I've, uh, what I've experienced as I've cried in front of groups of people and, you know, 
people have come up to me and literally said, thank you for your tears. I can't cry. Like, I wish I could cry and I can't. Mm -hmm. And I've experienced that too. Like I've actually, you know, I've done the antidepressants and I've experienced where I had the, the emotion, but it was almost like it watered it down. And I missed, I actually missed that, like feeling of that full emotion. Yeah. And I just didn't want to, I don't want to take that away. Like once I experienced how it could feel watered down and the full emotion, I feel so blessed to be able to fully feel that, you know, because not apparently not everybody can or knows how to, I think we all can. We just don't all know how to, you know, I started realizing that like, um, there is something to this feeling stuff <laughs> that it was really guiding me. Yeah. So uh, I started, I kind of started shifting into becoming more curious about it instead of pushing it away. And, you know, I'm still not perfect at this to this day. Like I, there's, don't get me wrong. I still, you know, can go to that, um, to that default. Yeah. But yeah, I just started like becoming more curious about it and uh, like listening to it and using it, okay. like using it as like a, like a compass, like a compass. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And did and, you notice that like your intuition became much stronger as you were he- like heeding your emotions more? Well, yeah, well, it was like my, my intuition was always there, but I was ignoring it. Yeah. So, so yeah. So yes, it was like, yes, of course, when I started listening to it, instead of pushing it away. Um, and also I didn't know what it was. <laughs> when you spend so many years just pushing things away and it's like you're pushing away your very nature you know and that's what I was doing for so many years so yeah when I started listening to it that's when I started getting a little bit of happiness (laughs) just when I just started um just allowing allowing it all in and allowing in the the bad feelings too and um just trying to just seeing what I could learn from them right and This is such a great, I mean, gosh, we could do a whole episode on learning how to feel bad. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Oh, I I think it really started to click actually um, after, you know, you initiated me a couple of years ago, just being open (laughs) to receiving my feelings. And Mm. it was so transformational because I was living in such even though I could make myself do things through willpower, I was still biologically living in such deep fear. And uh, the drain that it has on the physical body and the mind and the spirit are enormous. But essentially what happened is as I started making more and more room for them, just reminding myself it was safe and necessary, it started to click. I was like, oh, what if there's nothing past the the feeling itself right like so let's just say that we have uh like a big presentation to do or a sales pitch or something we're afraid to feel rejected or we're afraid to feel um stupid or abandoned or whatever the thing is that's coming up for us and then it just started clicking I'm like oh well what if I just welcome that like what if I just allow rejection to be there or humiliation or whatever the thing is that's the big bad scary monster yeah I started to do that and to my surprise there was nothing beyond it meaning I would go through the feelings and sometimes it would be an hour sometimes it'd be four days of like letting that experience be there 
Mm-hmm. Once that started to reveal itself to me that, oh, if I can get really good at feeling wow. bad consciously, mm-hmm. there is nothing really to fear Be- because yeah. there was no, there was no boundary beyond that. And I thought, whoa, I don't think the average person knows that. And mm-hmm. I, I don't think that they know that if they allow the bad feeling to be there, that it will ever end and that it's just yeah. a cycle and that it will actually move through them. Yeah. So I'm curious kind of what your experience was as you started developing. It's a skill. It is a skill. Mm-hmm. And also I'm really curious about how, how did this change your relationship dynamics? Like when you were in the space of being numb, what were mm-hmm. your relationships like at that point? versus starting to open. And I love the word that you use messy because uh-huh. it's okay, guys. It's okay. If it's messy, uh-huh. it is totally, yeah. we're learning something brand new here. Um, so yeah, just sharing with everybody what that process looks like. Yeah. Um, so with relationships, I was kind of a jerk to people before, like I would, so I would disconnect Mm-hmm. And, you know, through, through drugs and alcohol. So it allowed me to be mean to people. It allowed me to, what I was calling myself, you know, I was considering myself being honest, but it was also taking the conscience out of it. So I wasn't, um, so I could say things and, you know, it was like, okay, I'm so important that you need to hear every, my every thought, you know, and, um, and completely, you know, uh, disconnected from, you know, I was disconnected from myself. So I was completely disconnected from what they would feel. Mm-hmm. And um, I honestly didn't get that till I started. I mean, I think until I got sober, really, because then, because it was the alcohol that was allowing me to be honest or be myself. So I became like so sensitive. I was like, it almost gave, it made me go the uh, the exact polar opposite, really. So I then I completely suppressed everything because I was so afraid I was going to be a jerk to people. Um, and so I just didn't want to be that anymore. I started realizing um, how I was treating people. And also I could feel it. And that's, and that's where our pain, you know, is our gift because it, it gives us compassion, you know. So I started feeling, you know, the pain that I was had experienced. I realized that I was putting, you know, I was giving that to other people. So, and it was really my own pain that I wasn't allowing myself to experience at all. Right. So, just giving it out, you know, just handing it out everywhere, you <laughs> throwing it at people. <laughs> and, yeah. But when I started becoming more conscious and started connecting to it, started connecting to myself, started connecting to source. Um, I just wanted to be kind, you know, I just, I realized how important it was to love people. Um, and also, you know, just experiencing my own pain, I had to love myself through that. I had to learn to love myself through that and learn to find compassion for myself. And then I started, um, yeah, just being nicer to people. And then who knew, who knew, you know, when you're nice to people, it's much easier to connect to them. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> So yeah, of course, my my relationships got better because, and they, well, people were seeing the real me because honestly, that was there all the time. I just, I was so afraid for her to be exposed. 
she was like it was just she was just like trying to protect her little self you know <laughs> so she was putting out that rough exterior and um she was just scared yeah so as I got older I got I was able to see that and and my younger sister you know we I was so mean to her and um and now we're best friends and she she'll tell me you know I always looked up to you you were so you were so I always felt like you were you know so tough and I'll I would just let her know like that's not who I really was. They're like, this is who I am now. <laughs> and this is who I always was. I was just afraid. I was just afraid to show that because it's, we, like, I thought that being vulnerable was, or showing like your vulnerable side was, was show weakness and it would, um, and people would take advantage of that. So yeah. I was very, very afraid to show that. So I got the courage through connection to show that and like I said earlier by see also by seeing other people because I didn't even know what it looked like so by seeing and experiencing other people you know extend an olive branch and you know open up the kind the conversation with kindness or vulnerability I started seeing the response and how it felt in me and it made me realize wow like that felt that just warmed me and I want I want other people to feel that way in my presence mm -hmm. yes we do for sure like you're <laughs> such a bright warming light of total acceptance acceptance of yourself acceptance of others acceptance of the situation and I don't think we quite understand that that's all that all of us want like we're all yeah. playing we're all playing these games to get that it's kind yeah. of kind of amazing. So you bring such a gift. And so I'm curious, I know that and you know, I actually don't even know the whole story about you manifesting your soulmate. But I think that's mm -hmm. such an important part of this conversation. Because so many of us, including myself, like that's a deep desire. Yeah. And I, I know for a fact that that has been definitely like at arm's distance because of the fear of feeling and being vulnerable and being seen. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really curious for the first time ever, I'm learning just as you guys are watching this, mm -hmm. what your story was about the transformation of where you were relationally and feeling safe in relationships to what happened or what occurred in you to then manifest the love of your mm -hmm. life and what that story was hmm. yeah um so I got into a relationship uh at about like six months sober which they tell you not to do but um I think relationships are a good way to um put a mirror in front of you and see what you know what is really going on in there <laughs> and so I was in a relationship with a guy for five years and I was still working from my shadow, even though I had gotten sober, I was still uh, working, I was still dismantling some things that, and I, I did not know how to communicate yet. I was still learning how to communicate. So during that whole five years together, I really still didn't know how to communicate very well. I didn't know how to communicate my needs, my desires, my wants. Mm -hmm. um, but around the end of our uh, 
probably about the last year or two of our relationship, I started, that's when I started doing yoga. And that's when I started kind of cracking open mm-hmm. and uh, my emotions started coming out more and I couldn't suppress them anymore. And starting, I started like figuring out how to express myself, but it was still, so I had a really hard time doing it. And, um, but we got to this point where I was like wanting, like, he the relationship was dying basically we were roommates and I was going to this place of you know why doesn't he love me and so and it wasn't and I was being becoming very like clingy and it wasn't working so I completely shifted into just focusing on myself and I detached from what was going to happen with us even though you know I was very codependent with this man and um so I realized I had to, I had to stop. I just had to worry about myself, just focus on myself. So I started doing that. I started creating all these new like hobbies and just really figuring out what I loved, who I was, and regardless of what he was doing and what was going on with him. And um, when we broke up, I mean, honestly, like he is probably the one that helped me get to that journey of like first loving myself. and because I started to realize it because I had always he was like the first relationship I'd had for that long you know I had so many short I I was single for a very very long time Mm -hmm. um and and I was very promiscuous for a while as well because I was always trying to you know just uh, meet that connection and on a surface level and um it just Obviously, it wasn't working. It was causing myself more pain again. Um, so he was kind of the the um, catalyst for me uh, just turning inward and really realizing like, oh, I understand what they're always saying uh, that, you know, you you have to love yourself first. Like, I don't love myself and I'm looking for him to feed my, you know, give me love and it's it's, it's not working, you know? And so, um, yeah, so we broke up and I started that journey of just focusing on myself and realizing how important that was. And I got very clear about who I was. Mm -hmm. Um, I got very clear about what I wanted. And obviously, you know, there were some things that he helped me see that I wanted and didn't want. And, um, I think where they say, you know, the self-love piece is so important because if you love yourself enough, then you're not going to compromise on that. Because before I would compromise, I would say, okay, well, I'd really like this. And then it'd be like, oh, but he's really cute. (laughs) You know, (laughs) so I'll do with that. That's okay. You know, (laughs) it's okay if he sleeps on his mom's couch. He's really, really cute. You know, so. But I stopped doing that when I really, I, I really developed a real love for myself. And um, yeah, I think the biggest thing was I got clear about who I was, what I wanted, and um, started reconnecting to myself and just changing my relationship to relationships. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, because. I was always looking for it to be something that was going to um, fulfill me and that was going to like complete me. And, and all the movies tell us this, you know, the fairy tales and, you know, we grew up this way and, and all the, the, the rom-coms, it's like, <laughs> we, you know, 
it's it tells us that um, we're going to be completed once we find that a man. And I, I believed it. I bought into it. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> and it, I didn't get the storybook fairy tale, and, or I thought I had it, but then once I looked, like I looked in the middle of the pages, I was like, oh crap! Well, that I didn't know that was going to be be in there. <laughs> so. Um, I started getting really realistic about what a relationship is. And, um, and then of course, by that time I was ready to find, you know, my partner, like my partner that I wanted to marry. I wanted to spend my life with my life partner. So I just had to get very clear about what I were, what I would not, um, settle on. Yeah. I would not like it. I need him to be faithful. I need him to be kind. I need him to be honest. I need him to be transparent. Um, so those were like, there was a few solid things in there that I will, I would not rest on. And I got, I got so honest about it that I would just like, I became like a little, like a detective when I would go on dates. And I will tell you once I started, I was, I left, you know, I broke up with a guy and I started dating uh-huh. and I was just trying to figure out what I wanted. And out to, some people get so frustrated about the dating process, but, and I did before too, but I got, I finally got to a point where I was having fun with the dating process and using it as a learning experience and, um, it also, and using it to help strengthen my intuition because it definitely does that. And so it helped me get clear on what I wanted, just like figuring out like, okay, so that's not it. That's not it. Oh, he's got some things, you know, he's got some things. So uh-huh. it helps me figure out what I wanted. Awesome. And I'll tell you one thing that, so I went to a psychic medium and, you know, I was just like, all right, I'm ready today. So, you know, give, please guide me. <laughs> and one of the things she said that I thought was really cool that um, made a lot of sense is she said, set your your house up for a mate. Like if you have a nightstand, put two nightstands. Uh-huh. If you have have two cups for, you know, two coffee cups or, you know, have a have paintings with two people instead of one. Like set it up for have two towels instead of one towel. Uh-huh. So so then I got in the place of expecting it, knowing that it was coming. And yeah. And then I went on a bunch of coffee dates and a bunch of awkward dates and a bunch of bad dates. And I finally, I met my, my now husband, we were going to, we were just going to have a coffee date and it ended up being two and a half hours. And what I loved about him, what was different about him? Well, for one thing, he was just different. He was yeah. different than any guy that I'd met. I instantly, I felt this feeling of like, like home. Oh. I felt, um, sh- Pure, he was so transparent and he was so, I mean, he didn't like dump everything, you know, on me all at once, but he, but kinda, I mean, he was just very honest and I was ready to hear it, you know? And I think all of the jerks that I dated before, they all had their place to prepare me to appreciate this kind, nice guy that I finally was ready for. Yes. Yeah so so yeah and we're and we we have challenges and but I think when we say soulmate soul soul partner to me to me that means um somebody that is here to that is going to help help us grow the most (laughs) 
Yeah, because we think, like, I really thought that it was going to be, it was like that perfect guy for me. Right. And yes, it is the perfect guy, perfect person for you. However, it can be messy too. And, you know, we've gone through our challenges, but he's always been able to hold the space for it. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, and I've helped him grow and he's helped me grow. But that's what, that's been my experience. But it's not just like, oh, you know, hearts. <laughs> Yeah, heart bubbles coming out of your eyeballs or whatever, you know, it's just like, it's, it's, um, how can you grow together and how can you, it's the person that's going to challenge you the most, but you're still going to stay, stay together through it yeah. because it's a lot of, it's a lot of challenges. So just to recap, basically somebody would need to first dissolve the fantasy, dissolve the false expectations and get really real about their needs and their desires and their non-negotiables. And then the next piece that you shared that I thought was really fun was to have fun with the dating process itself. Yeah. And that, that's actually something I've never heard before. So mm. thank you thank you for that, because I think so many of us that have kissed so many frogs and like mm. have, had, have just had some uh, bad luck with who we were matched to when we were less conscious there mm -hmm. is a little bit of that like uh, fear or not even there's no excitement right about yeah. stepping back into the arena of exploration so i think that's exactly what i needed to hear right now was that oh that process can be totally fun yes and removing the expectations yes. removing the expectations just allowing to be whatever it's going to be right i love it and then and yeah and i think also us showing up and being super open and vulnerable and mm -hmm. transparent and just being willing to be seen. Yes. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Thank you. It's going to be really helpful to a lot of, a lot of people because I have this strong feeling that a lot of us are going to be moving into that phase of our life and mm -hmm. um, calling that in and even till I just heard your story, I still had like um, that guard up of like, oh, but it's going to be work. It's going to be hard. It's going to be icky. And like, even if mm. um, even if that's there, I never considered that it could be playful and, <laughs> yeah. and that it could be fun. I was like, okay, yeah. that piece was missing. So mm -hmm. yes. Um, and let me tell you, girl, I was like really lazy with it. Like, cause I had, I had chased men my whole life. I chased boys my whole life. And I got to a point where I was just like, I'm going to put in so little effort. I'm going to be myself and I'm, and that's going to be enough. And I would like, just, I would only do coffee days. I would only, then they would be like the coffee ha place was very close to my house. Like, <laughs> so I wouldn't go any further than like 10 minutes away from my house. I wouldn't go any longer than, you know, coffee dates. And I had a whole process. I would start with talking on the internet. I mean, I was doing the internet dating. So um, I would start with the talking, talking to the internet. And then, and then we would go to, if they could hold a conversation and we were interested and we were both interesting and interested still, then we would go to text and then we go to phone call and then we would go to a date. I had a whole process and it was, and it worked. Oh, oh, cool. You know, maybe you'll end up uh, helping women with this process because I would love to. I would love to. I keep thinking, like, maybe I need to write a, like a little ebook or something about this because I, totally. it was such a big, 
it was such a big challenge for me for a really long time. And I experienced other women having a big challenge with it too. Yes. And the biggest thing I started seeing was they get so frustrated, like, oh my God, I'm just going to delete my profile. Mm-hmm. And I never deleted my profile once. I just would be either active or inactive. And um, sometimes I'd just be busy dating other guys and, you know, seeing how this, where this is going, but I still had my profile up and I would just went and check it for a little while. And so what, you know, they'll still be there <laughs> or maybe they won't. And that's okay. Too. <laughs> yeah. If you ever decide to put together like a little soulmate container, like group container for women, let me know. I'll do it. Yes. yes. I, think, I think that could be where I have personally gotten stuck is just, um, yeah, I guess moving through so many shadows and so many other areas of my life and just not having that strong enough desire to go through more shadows. And then also just reorienting myself. This is a big one for me that I'm going through right now is I realized that I have this narrative or belief that I'm purging now is that people are not safe. And especially romantic partners. And then I I animated that over and over and over in like really loud, traumatic ways. And so that's moving out of my system as well. However, I had that one too. Yeah. Oh, okay. So how, how, how did you reorient to that? So really for me, I think, and this could be different for other people, but I think that's when energy work came in for me because then that's when I really started working on my my heart and my throat. Because what happened was I also, because I didn't trust people mm-hmm. at all, I just got to where I couldn't trust people. I shut down my throat. My throat just like, I completely shut it down, completely shut my heart down. Yeah. And so that was causing me pain. Um, but energy healing, um, I remember the first time I got Reiki, she worked on my throat and she stayed there for a long time, a long time. And she could feel the block. Uh-huh. And um, she finally, like it finally, like I had to tell myself, cause she kept saying, it's okay. You can release this. It's okay. You can, re- you can release this. And finally I, I started saying that to myself. Okay. I, it's okay. I'm ready to release this. I'm ready to release this. And I felt it was almost like an entity come out of me. It felt like it was like a scream cry. It was like a ha. Ah! <laughs> and, wow. and when I released it, it felt like I was letting go of like a toxic friend that had been like my best friend for a long time. Like that's how it felt. It was almost like there was this feeling of like putting, uh, like I'm not, <laughs> you know, because we get so comfortable with that protection. And I felt as I was finally ready to let it go I also as I was releasing it felt the comfort that I was letting go too and I kind of warmed it a little bit as I was releasing it Mm -hmm. but that's when I realized I wanted to help other people with Reiki because I was like wow this is like a whole other level of healing and so yeah I mean I feel like if we have blocks, however we can release them and however we can move through them, work through them, whether it's therapy, energy healing, um, you know, meditation, I say pull all the tools out, you know, pull them all out. <laughs> yes. Well, and I, for me, probably the biggest transformation consistently is hearing other people's stories yeah. and seeing myself in their stories and going, okay, it's possible for them. It's possible for me. And then that little identity shift completely opens up all these new pathways. Um, 
So yeah, that's really amazing. And let's see, there was one other thing that we were talking about earlier that I wanted to come back to, which was kind of going back. And it seems I'm like looking at all the patterns and themes about what all these different aspects of connection, and they all seem to be coming back to like, this divine personal sense of trust in ourself and mm-hmm. our inner wisdom and not just hearing it, but listening to it and following it and making that the priority. And so I know you've also gone on a more recently, a big long adventure of, you know, launching your business and being out there working with clients, working with business coaches. And mm-hmm. this, this part of the conversation I'm really interested about Uh, because both of us have shared that there is, there's like a desire for a shift in the space of, of like conscious entrepreneurship, where there is more transparency about the realities of that life, because it's a lifestyle shift that is not overnight. There's a lot to learn, a lot of things to grow into and evolve into. And one thing that you shared with me earlier was that in your process of coaching on, and this is really cool, the dichotomy of you as a coach got to witness uh, the people that you were coaching and leading that they had some resistance to the path forward. And then in your own experience, having your own uh, resistance to the path forward that was being shared with you by your coaches, developing Mm -hmm. some passion around both sides of it. But I thought it was something that was worth coming back to because I I, kind of want to like unpack that because I'm wondering if there is, I think we're just too intelligent. I think our intuition is way too damn smart to ignore that if we don't want to do something, there is a good reason for it. And that there's an opportunity for trust in the process. And so I'm just curious if you don't mind sharing with the audience what your experience has been around your whole entrepreneurial journey and how connection has played its role there. Yeah, well, so I I got my coaching certification in the beginning of the, well, in the pandemic, 2020. Uh And it was something I'd always wanted to do. And, but I really didn't, know all the things that were involved like you have to market yourself there's so much so you know all the lead magnets all the things and I had no clue I there's a lot of computer work to it a lot email like I just I didn't know I just wanted to help people (laughs) so um then it became clear that nobody could find me if I didn't put myself out there somehow. And I realized how I just didn't know the first thing or where to go or what to do. So I, I hired, I've hired about four business coaches and, um, they're, um, they all basically wanted me to do the same thing. They wanted me to instant message people. They wanted me to post on social media and uh, start a web campaign and, I tried all these things yeah. and I, and also, you know, you pay these people lots of money. <laughs> and yeah. so I started getting caught in this cycle of like, I got, I met, I started hitting a wall where I didn't want to do it mm-hmm. and I couldn't force myself to do it anymore. But then I was feeling guilty 
of not being able to do it or not because I pay these people money. I signed up. This is what they obviously are successful. And so what they do obviously works. So I'm failing if I'm not, you know, I'm not doing it. So I was creating this whole meaning around it. And I was just making myself miserable. I was making myself just miserable. And I just got to a point where I was just like, I don't want to do any of it. I'm done. I'm just going to re reassess Mm -hmm. and figure out, I'm just going to look for what helps me feel good. Like I just, like you have said, I needed, I realized my wellness, my mental state was the most important thing. And that had like, that was suffering. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so, you know, I'm, wanting to help all these people, but I'm not even able to get myself out of this space. Right. right? So um, I had just, it became clear. I had to stop what I was doing mm-hmm. and just hit reset, you know, and just take all the pressure off of myself. So that's just what I did. And, you know, um, I'm just allowing the process happen now. So I'm not, if I, it feels forced, I don't do it. Yes. <laughs> Um, and I know it's coming. I know that, uh, you know, ultimately I just want to help people. So the people that need my help are going to find me and I'm just trusting in that. And, um, I was, I think also a lot of us spiritual entrepreneurs, which I did, I put a lot of pressure on myself. I got to help a lot of people. And I had, um, and what I did was I, um, was putting my self-worth, resting my self-worth on me helping a lot of people. If I didn't help a lot of people, mm-hmm. I wasn't, it meant that I wasn't valuable. Right. It meant that I wasn't fulfilling my purpose. Um, and so it affected how I felt about myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so there was, that was not working for me anymore. <laughs> Thank goodness that those tools didn't work for you because <clears throat> then you would have been trapped in a business model that you hated and you probably would have attracted a lot of people that were in a a, not in resonance with who you actually are I heard a I heard a great uh piece of advice from a very successful business coach recently and she was just explaining that the reason why the fear-based tactics are so toxic is she's like, first of all, you don't want to convince anybody to work with you. Like, she's Mm -hmm. like, if you're in the business of convincing, you're wasting your time and you're wasting their time. And she's like, there's going to be a constant battle and struggle. And then not only that, she goes, but then you're also attracting people that vibrate with a lot of fear. Uh going to be having to absorb all of that during your journey yeah. together. And so she actually did exactly what you just said is that mm. she got she got very very clear on what she absolutely would not tolerate and mm-hmm. would cut it off the second and she said something that was great. She's like red flags are not warning signs, they're deal breakers. And mm. yeah. Oh, yes. I've been letting them be warning signs when they need to be deal breakers. Yeah. And so what was so interesting is then she grew her business to like uh, seven figures very organically, just like you Mm -hmm. said, that people started finding her and coming to her or um, 
she just started doing like more lives and just being more available to mm. to anybody that crossed her path. And then, and her journey, it sounded like it was just a couple of years of going from like really struggling and forcing and not working mm-hmm. to shifting her internal state to total peace. Yeah. And attracting extremely high paying clients because they wanted to work with somebody that was not causing them to feel doubt or fear or mm-hmm. contraction. And they were just drawn to her uh, like unique signature of who she was. And so I, yeah. think, I think you Love nailed that. it. Yeah, I think you nailed it where you are going to just resonate and people are going to be magnetized right to you. And uh, what's so, okay, so this is interesting too that you shared with me is I don't know the correlation of timelines between that decision and manifesting, but when you hopped on the call earlier, you said this is the third podcast that you've done in like the last, in the last month or so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so you have to think about that too. How interesting that all of a sudden these channels they're they're just landing on your lap and I -hmm. I will say I've seen more success with other entrepreneurs that I've supported through podcasting itself as far Mm. as as far as a marketing vehicle and it's pretty powerful like you get to reach a lot of people yeah that's done right so I think there's no coincidence there that all I, yeah, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> like, what in the world? Now I'm sort of on the podcast every week. Like, how does this happen? So, yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. One, one thing I do want to close the show on that I think is really powerful is in my experience, as I have been opening my heart more and more and like really understanding like our thoughts are um, electric energy and our heart is magnetic energy. And then when the two become one, we expand, you know, an electromagnetic field, which the stronger that becomes and the more clear that becomes um, our power to manifest and mm-hmm. attract and call things into our universe seem to magnify by like infinity. It's pretty incredible. So to anybody who's listening to this episode, and maybe they are just in a state of heartbreak or a state of shutdown or not trusting themselves and not seeing the fruit of what they they know is possible, and they're just really in that space of the struggle, uh, knowing that you've been there, you've walked that journey, and um, now being on the other side of it, what advice would you give to them? Just uh, really, really lean in and listen to your emotions and um, go within as much as possible and trust, trust what you're receiving, whether it's good, bad, ugly, whatever you might call it, just, just trust it and use it as, use it as guidance, use it as guidance. Yeah. Yeah. So I think pretty much the overarching theme of this episode is that true connection is trust yeah Mm -hmm. and then what's interesting is that trust leads to safety and then Mm -hmm. safety leads to like creative expansion which is what we're all after anyways so Mm -hmm. it's kind of interesting to see that 
it, I mean, it might feel hard if we have not done it before. Yeah. That you're a living example of radically transforming your life through the power of connection. So I just really, again, want to thank you so much for being that bright shining light for me in my own journey. And for anybody who is blessed enough to come across this interview, I know you. that you are an alchemist and you're a healer and uh, through energy work and through emotional um, dissolving of just old energy, dense wounds. And I think people just witnessing you is enough to receive a healing. It's really very powerful. So I just want to say thank you again, Lynette. You've been such a gift in my life. And I'm super excited to share this with everybody. Uh, A couple things. One is the format of this podcast is I want to talk to all of you, all of the listeners out there that have had similar experiences in any of the topics that we cover, any of the experiments. So if that's you and you would like to come on the show, please reach out. My email is in the description box below. And I would love to have you share your story with the world because it's so incredibly important. I think there's so many of us that have been doing the work yet have been still on the sidelines a little bit. And what would the world look like if all this set in more and more of us just started piling into that arena and being willing to be seen and kind of helping each other through that process. And then, so the other piece would be uh, if any of you are feeling called to launch your own podcast, I'm going to be hosting a three month beta starting next month in September. I will figure out the official dates pretty soon and make an announcement uh, and I'll send out a video, but just wanted to invite anybody who's watching this episode. If you feel like you're ready to start to reconnect with your voice and being willing to be seen, um, I'd love to have you join the beta. Lynette will actually be there. So you'll get a chance to meet her and work with her. And it's going to be really very casual. And essentially, we're just going to walk through concept to launch and what all the puzzle pieces are, but it's going to be much, much more. In a lot of ways, that might be the connection experiment itself, because it's essentially all of us working through our fears and our doubts Mm -hmm. and our like, what are we so afraid of for being seen? And um, this beautiful power of communication and connection through relationship And then what's possible through that network, you know, as we start to gain some traction together. So I just wanted to invite everybody who's watching. Uh, It is a free beta and I would love to have you. And again, just send me an email in the description box below and I will send out the details. But just wanted to say thank you for everybody for hanging out with us today and walking through. This was our this was our kickoff episode to the connection experiment. And I think what's so fun is I'm witnessing the exact right people lining up and being available for each of these different series. And I could not be happier that it was you, Lynette. Oh, thank you. That was the kickoff to this particular series because it's so important. Like, in fact, it's probably up there with the kindness one. Like, I think those are the two that are the most transformative because they involve 
you know, relationship and connection. And that's really where our power lies. Yeah. And then everything starts to fall in line when you get to, you get that, those pieces, I think. Right. Right. It does. I mean that, and that's what makes it all work, you know, like (laughs) even the uh, manifestation or the abundance experiment, those in some ways are solo games. But if you think about it, everything comes through relationship. Everything comes through connection. Mm -hmm. So even though we think that's something that we're doing on our own, it's not. You have to be (laughs) to get the results that you want. So Lynette, anybody who is interested in learning more about you, would like to follow you and possibly work with you in the future, what's the best way for them to find you? Yeah, so you can go to my website, wakeuptoyourlight.com. And um, I offer uh, 15 minutes um, consultations. So if you're not sure, so I actually work with anti-quantum Reiki um, or with the 12 chakra system. So if you're not sure if that's something you want to do, or, you know, if you just want to know more about it, then I'll, I'll talk to you for, for a few minutes and um, we'll get to know each other a little bit and um, yeah, see if, it, if it's something you really want to do. And um, yeah, it's really powerful. And I am on uh, Instagram and TikTok under wake up to your light. Okay. So, yeah. And I will make sure to actually add all of your links below as well. Make it really easy for people to find you. And I will say I have had a Reiki session with you that was incredibly powerful. So I'm telling you guys, even if you don't understand something, it doesn't mean that you don't even need to for you to get the results that you want, especially when you're working with an incredibly clear vessel like Lynette. I mean, she's incredibly grounded, very intentional in her work and is such a powerful soul. So I'm really excited for anybody who does get a chance to connect with you through this. Just want to say thanks yes. again to you, Lynette. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. And, uh, we'll see you guys in the next episode. Mm-hmm.